two, three. All right. These mic stands. All right. Is this, is this literally called a pod mic? Yes. Yes. It's, it's literally called a pod mic. Damn, it pays to have a veteran on the pod. Don't we just love Guitar Center and their generosity to our American fighting man? We love That's it, right. folks. The best. Guitars, drums, and microphones. More. I don't think... what what. Do people still go there? I didn't know there was still guitar centers that existed. Oh, I ordered these online. I don't know if there's still. <laughs> I don't was, know if there's still stores. There was one stores. in Taylorsville. Do you remember? There was that one by uh, Old Spaghetti Factory, and back when they had Gart Sports as well. And the, yeah. Yeah, the let's let's list off all the things that was in that shopping center that, that aren't there anymore. Deseret Book is that still there? <laughs> I don't know. The tw- there was a 24-hour fitness there. Yes, R.I.P. What else? Um, I don't know. I know there's a wing stop over there now. Remembering some stores. I love remembering <laughs> stores. Remember stores. We should remember some more stores. What's what are some more classic Utah stores that are gone? I think you guys remember was a Frontier, Frontier Pies? Yeah, Frontier <laughs> Pies. I honestly don't know what that is. What the, what the hell's Frontier um, Pies? Frontier Pies was a pie place that was uh, in the shape of a chuck wagon. A lot oh, it's, of it's a literal like pie, not pizza pies. Yeah, like a. That's probably why it didn't last because pie has a little more. Frontier Pie's owner has fond memories written in 2004. (laughs) Jordan, tell me you're from Utah County without telling me you're from Utah (laughs) County. This place went out of business (laughs) in 2004. There was one on the west side, too, over by uh, uh, the fairgrounds. Well, no, I grew up in Idaho, so like the one I was aware of was like Pocatello. Oh, there was. Oh, wait, there was one of the last oh. Frontier Pies, seven thirty-five West North Temple, closed its doors in mid-December, I think, two thousand three. Oh. R.I.P. to R.I.P. to a legend. Seven thirty-five North Temple is that like where like that Wiener Schnitzel is now? It turned into Wiener Schnitzel. I don't know. It's right over by there. Yeah, it's right over by the fairgrounds. This For- is so sad. This is such a sad. Okay, so Frontier <laughs> Frontier Pie's success began to turn in the late 1990s when a glut of national chain restaurants found the Utah market. Chili's, Olive Garden, IHOP, they were all more funded and they were newer and brighter. <laughs> Frontier Pie's was outdated once these new chains came in. That's really sad. Capitalism breeds innovation. <laughs> oh my God. The terrorist attacks of 2001 turned what had been a downward trend into an out and out spiral. Dude, oh, you're telling me what? that, that the September 11th is what like really put the bullet into Frontier Pies? And, Wait, and, 9-11 and, killed Frontier Pies? <laughs> Dude, Okay, wait. A oh yeah, God. it was the it was this airlines and Frontier Pies. Literally said <laughs> sink to 50% after September 2001. We were Ooh. never able to recover, he said. We looked at raising capital and refurbishing, but it would have taken too much capital. At that point, we had zero in the bank and we're $2.5 million in debt. Oh. You know what? I, I just don't think we just, uh, we underestimated that uh, Marie Callender's uh, ad campaign tying them to Al-Qaeda. Oh. <laughs> oh that's wow anyway i'm looking for investors we are going to resurrect this franchise because utah has not been the same since frontier pies went out of business that's that's a really good point i don't think it has has america ever been the same since frontier pies went under i mean we can blame 9-11 but maybe it's just because we just don't have pie anymore (laughs) we have no hope no jobs and no pie (laughs) okay but this guy he went he started iceberg drive-in instead oh so he's still caking yeah he's he's cruising 
he cha- he, he traded cornbread for over the rim milkshakes. So. That's right. When did when did Iceberg open? Because I thought it's been around for like seventy years. I don't know. He he apparently it said it's his new company. Maybe he moved in on them. I have no idea. Maybe they're just really good at rustic branding because that one on 39th <laughs> looks really old. Yeah, it was put there in 2005. <laughs> anyway, for anyone out there listening who is not from Salt Lake City, I am very sorry. We're talking this is about just, Frontier Pies. Yeah, this is all just gibberish. To this you. is the first time we've been together niche. in person. Well, okay, we this is the first time we've recorded in person together. This is normally just what we do when we hang out anyway. But we talk about <laughs> businesses that shudder due to domestic and foreign terrorism. But this time we I'm, just talk about it's, pie. It's on. It's, it's <laughs> on the record. I'm still mourning Snellgrove. <sighs> wow. And I, I, my my brain is going everywhere with all these other businesses. That this is a forever. fucking Jimmy John's now. And on it, at least they kept the ice cream cones. At least they kept they painted yeah, those, it black. They they fucking murdered out some ice cream cones. Yeah, those death black ice cream cones. If you just drive down Fort South, it's, it's wonderful to see. Just it's like the coolest relic. It honestly is. It, it draws like your it. eyes to Jimmy John's, and also it makes you really not want to have ice cream ever again. Really yeah, who doesn't want black licorice ice cream? No. Okay, so this this is the first time I've recorded a, a podcast in person since I recorded uh, off the crossbar the day that Rudy Gobert was announced to have have uh, coronavirus. Interestingly, ever since then I've been remote, both on this pod and the other pod, the pod I cheat on people on YouTube with. And then I'm assuming Greg, you've only done remote pods as well. Yeah, we started this podcast remotely. Yeah, because we just got to like Maine. It was like. Well, this is going to go for a while. You guys just want to like Zoom and just like talk about it. We literally were hanging out on Google die. Hangouts and we're just like, we should just do this but record it because we just have a lot of grievances we need to air. <laughs> it's really it. how it started. It was like Festivus, the podcast. It really, yeah. Just based on dumb Utah shit, which of course we are talking about today. But it's it's universally dumb Utah shit, I think. Yeah, universally just dumb. Yeah. Oh, so we talk like a little national dumb stuff, but that's just because we're also just stuck in a dumpster fight. I just mean today too. in particular. We do talk a lot about it of, of uh, national dumb shit, but today is... <sighs> what are we doing today, Jordan? <laughs> um, well, here's another uh, chapter in our long saga of racism and and also involving the Utah Jazz Basketball Organization. Yes, and you might be thinking, wow, you're recording on this... Uh, mere minutes before game five in Salt Lake is this this is this going to age well you might be asking and the answer is yes of course because this is not about what's about to happen in this game it's about what has happened uh, this series and consistently going back to as one fan put it since the Carl and Carl Malone and John Stockton days and oh, he was it, around for him so. it was it was there even before then it was there. It was there during the uh, the Frank Layden days. Yep. During the the pistol peed on one leg days. Oh, it was probably there during the Utah Stars days. If oh I'm yeah, being honest. Well, of course it was. That's I mean, just... like, what's what's more Utah than like I don't know covert racism? Frontier pies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Against all odds, we're continuing to prove Vernon Maxwell right. Isn't that right, Jordan? That is very right. And unlike Frontier Pies, this will continue on forever. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> unlike Frontier Pies, Utah and racism cannot be ended by the domestic terror attacks of 9-11. Let's see. I think that's I think that's right. I don't know. Does terrorism generally end with does racism generally end with terrorism? Don't think so. Uh judging by hate crime rates after 9-11, no. No. Yep. <laughs> so we're in we're in for a bad one. So the reason we're talking about this today is because uh, we're back here in Salt Lake today, the Jazz are in particular, but we're not going to be talking about what was taking place uh, in with the uh, players themselves or what was happening in the games. You can listen to Unsalvageables for that. Is that right, Greg? That's exactly right, Kyle. But yeah, we're recording here together in Greg's basement on his floor. We're all sitting cross-legged. And the vibes are strong. <laughs> on a dinosaur playmat, which is... Yes, on Greg's son's playmat. And it's really... It's, it's delightful. This is honestly the best aesthetic we could ever hope for. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, yeah, shout out to my kid's uh, little plastic lunch table. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, the Rotocaster sitting upon the, uh, the little tyke's table. And we... Yeah, we're going strong. And we need we need strong vibes to get through. What we have to talk about today, the reason that we have to talk about this today is because game two that took place in Salt Lake, I'll have people remember that game one went poorly and the Jazz lost. It's game a game. Two, it's a game we don't talk about. It's a game that didn't happen. It was a game that the Jazz threw in order to boost ticket sales because they make millions of dollars each game <laughs> that takes place in Salt Lake and they needed an extra one. Stay woke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So game two took place. And something happened during the game. We started to see, initially, some man on Twitter was posting a video about how he was sitting next to Ja Morant's family and had a very pleasant exchange with his dad. And he and his he and Ja Morant's dad bought each other beers and they seemed to be having a good time. Throughout the game, though, uh, later, this same guy that posted the video of himself with Ja's dad said, some fans around us had to be taken out by security. And I'm sure everyone knew exactly what that meant because uh, we're familiar with what happened last year and probably earlier this year. (laughs) The year before. And and every other year. Except (laughs) every single time Kobe Bryant came into the Delta Center or Vivin or whatever we're calling it this week. Right. Uh, Every single time like a maroon blazer had to go walk into the stands and be like, sir, please stop saying slurs. Except now we have people live tweeting these events that we didn't really have before. We would just hear it from players after the facts. It's a brave Um, new world. It's it's a brand new world. There's magnifying glasses on everyone and cancel culture is destroying Utah's Dixie. You know what? This is this is the problem with the vaccine, though, guys. Is that everyone's microchip now? And That's it's just right. Dude. A lot easier to find the racists. Okay, if there was a company that had access to the microchip data inside all of us, it would be Qualtrics. To be honest, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like it would be one hundred percent. Like, what? in fact, how much stock does Bill Gates own in Qualtrics? Hmm. How much question. stock does Melinda Gates now own in Qualtrics? <laughs> Not enough, but. I, I do like the concept that this chip is just making people racist because that'd be like the greatest like Manchurian candidate thing ever. God damn. Okay. So which wouldn't that make Trump like pro vaccine though? That's a good question. That'd be a Maybe. hell of a heel turn. He doesn't know what he's, he was like, I mean, he's both, he, he wants credit for the vaccines because 
but he also thinks they're bad. Maybe I'm not. I'm not quite sure where he's at. <laughs> no, no, we can't find out on his blog anymore. His blog so we'll probably shut down never today. Know. We spent so much time on the last episode talking about his amazing blog, and now it's gone. It's really bummer. It's a huge bummer. Dude, Much like Frontier Pies. Yeah, everything's <laughs> gone. Lasted, like Frontier Pies. Dude, Scaramucci lasted longer. He really did. <laughs> Here's my uh, 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 aluminum foil hat theory for all this. Okay. It is uh, the microchips actually by Spencer Cox. Ooh. It's to make people racist so he can make statements on Twitter about how like Utah is actually not racist. Oh my God. Okay. We will get to his statement in a moment. That fucking guy. But um, anyway, so uh, John Morant, I mean, it was just a matter of time before we heard what actually was said because there were enough people around. Obviously, John Morant's family was going to talk about it. And. Turns out he did. He spoke to ESPN, and this is what he said. And this is what was reported. It said one fan made a, quote, sexually explicit remark to his wife, uh, Jamie. And another said, according to uh, John Moran's father, I'll put a nickel in your back and watch you dance, boy. Which, it, what the fuck? Like, is this person... Uh, oh, you like, know that's like some 1960s racism, yeah. dude. You've got to go through your fucking Rolodex. <laughs> I've never even heard to of like that. to to have a, a slur like that. Like you have an almanac of yeah. racial slurs, a journal, and you're on page like 412, and you pick that one out. We are probably the only place in the country that would have people raised on like Amos and AMD albums to this day. <laughs> Like, we're the only places there's still a market for that. Everywhere else is like, ah, no, we, we, we can't. That's like something Woody from Toy Story would say if he was racist. I've literally, <laughs> I've literally never, I, I, the, yeah, to string those words together is just incredible. Um, so that one in particular, uh, not only upset his family, obviously, but other jazz fans nearby. And they were like, yeah, like, we need to get this guy out of here. So security was alerted, um, according to ESPN, and a third fan yelled two more expletives at Jamie Morant, um, including one of sexual nature. Jaws, Jaws' father, T, he said, I know heckling, uh, and this is him to Tim McMahon at ESPN, but that's different than heckling. That's straight up disrespectful. Yeah, that's uh, that's more that's worse than disrespectful, actually. And but don't um, worry, it was just three guys in the stadium. There's no other racism in Utah, guys. Right. So immediately we saw the exact same response we saw when the Russell Westbrook shit happened, um, which was essentially like this happens everywhere. Utah's not more racist than anywhere. The racism's all equal. Um, all racism racism is created equal, and really like there's nothing to be concerned about or to be extra concerned about at all. Uh, there's nothing really to see here. It's just more ra- people being racist that we can ban from the stadium and then say problem solved. Um, very all lives matter. If you were to ask any of us. Yeah. It, it, it's one of the greatest things ever too, because like you saw this take a thousand times on Twitter by people who, like I would assume probably don't have the most woke takes on race or race relations ever. That was a banner day on Twitter, by the way, just because you'd have every sort of like media personality in Utah just having to say something. Yeah. Along with like their droves of fans going and saying, well, well, I'm not racist, but you know, 
it's just a few bad apples. Why are we why are we getting mad at the state? It's not all of our faults. It's just those three. Yeah, like I people are so hesitant to even admit that there might be like a racism problem anywhere because I don't know what they think the next. I mean, we know that what they think is they're going to get like fired for their jobs for being white or something or put in prison uh, for being white. They genuinely think that's like we're on a slippery slope towards that if we just admit there's a race racism problem here. Listen, man, if Caden gets denied a bank loan, <laughs> shit's going to hit the fan here in, here in Riverton. What will happen if Eagle Mountain gets redlined? <laughs> You mean the place that literally advertised about how white it was? That was a literal thing that happened. Oh, I remember. Yeah, that was... Uh... <laughs> yeah. So what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> you're going to redline the Irish and the Germans? That's right. Let's just say they keep the voting boxes pure over there in Eagle Mountain. Shit. Um, yeah. It's, so... And just, just to that point, though, about the, the, three, the three things, you know, that... Yeah. Um, it's bad apples. It happens elsewhere, or like I have an experience, so so it can't it can't actually be true. Like honestly, if you take those first two, like you're still admitting that there's racism. Like you're telling on yourself. Just because racism exists somewhere else does not mean that like or or it's worse somewhere else. Like maybe Salt Lake City, I don't know, isn't 1968 Tuscaloosa, Alabama. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And honestly, 1% of racism is 1% too much. So to sit there and say that, like, you're, you're, all you're doing is saying that, like, this amount of racism or this amount of people who are racist is somehow tolerable. Yeah. I mean, they're saying that this is, like, yeah, that's bad, but we should do literally nothing about it at all. Do you know what? It's like, it's like telling one of your friends who just got diagnosed with stage two cancer to be like, well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, like Brandon over here has stage four cancer. That's right. I care less about. Yeah. Cancer. Like fuck off. Shut up. You know what really was my favorite flavor of take during all this too? I've, I think I might know. <laughs> well, one of them was like everyone who like had to bring up their mission. And uh, he was like, well, as someone who, Served overseas, not not in the military. No, no, you know, in, in God's army. <laughs> I know what it's like to be in another culture, and honestly, there's no way that I could be racist, dude. There's... So many of those fucking uh, Desnat guys have like wives from like where they served their missions, which is its whole own brand of like creepy behavior. Uh, there's to be honest. yeah, there's certainly nothing racist about going to another country and telling its inhabitants that everything they believe is wrong. Wait, are you saying that colonialism was racist? <laughs> that doesn't seem right. But what if it's I mean, colonialism you know what? With, a, with a book attached? I apologize for bringing up critical race theory on this <laughs> podcast. Right. There it is. See? So, uh, but I, I think people should have no fear because our fearless leader, Governor Spencer Cox, um, had he had some he had some strong things to say. We know him uh, to be a strong, tried and true ally. Uh, of all people, and he's never afraid of to all rise. lives. That's of all lives. Ooh, that's, that's a great point. Yes, yeah, spit um, hot fire, young Kylo. Yes, and we know that he's never failed to rise to the occasion. Uh, you know, with famous quotes such as "like abortion is uh, is the same thing as slavery," and just has never failed to uh, 
to really rise to the occasion. And of course, this was no exception where he, um, his response was, don't be an asshole on Twitter. His quote, his, his tweet said, hey guys, this isn't hard. In sports, in work, in politics, on Twitter, really just in life. If you only pick one rule to live by, don't be an asshole is probably the right one. I think he, did he bleep out? or did he put Yeah, yeah he put asterisk for S because coward. he's a gigantic coward. Coward. So, Jordan, why do you think this is interesting that he he decided to word it this way? Could it maybe be because he wanted, you know, he had a little bit of stake in this game himself? Oh, of course. I mean, like every other statement he's ever made, it always comes back to, you have to be nice to me. Yep. Like no matter what it's about, like he'll always throw in the little tidbit. He was like, you should also be nice in politics and also on Twitter and stop saying my head looks like an uncircumcised penis. <laughs> I'm yet to hear him say that one directly yet. So I think it's still fair. game. It's coming soon. We're going to make him cry. He looks like if Johnny sins was like dipped in a vat of acid. Dude, okay, that picture of him and the lieutenant governor uh, signing that bill that basically bans school districts from like putting a mask mandate on when they have outbreaks of COVID. Um, his smile in that picture, I was just like, man, this fucking guy. He smiles so goddamn much. He looks so I, don't, uncomfortable. I don't think he has a central nervous system. Like it's just like <laughs> It's, it's like, like how like the back of like a like a butterfly will have like a pattern on it or something. That's his like the Lurin Predators. It's it's weird. It's it's just a sewn on purge mask. He's like a Lego head that's got one face on one side and then another face on the other side. He just turns it. Oh man. And the thing that I just I can't get over is like, wasn't it just like a week or a few days after cutting COVID unemployment benefits for people in Utah? Um, that he tweets out, don't be an asshole. He's such a fucking liar. Like, I mean, just straight up saying that that was about like, cause like businesses couldn't find employees or whatever saying it was about that. He just lies. He's just a yeah. huge liar. Because so. We have a below 3% unemployment rate. Full employment is 5%. <laughs> yeah. So what are you talking about? It's like, well, you know, there's just, there's just no incentive to work anymore. It's like, everyone's working. Actually, yeah. a lot of us are working probably two or three jobs. Just Since, because people moved out of the service industry because of how like horrific it was over the last year and started to get jobs elsewhere, uh, all of a sudden it's like a huge problem that we have uh, any anyone getting extra unemployment because, oh no, there's like the fucking bar and grills can't hire people to work for $2 an hour plus tips, dude. He's Insane. just mad no one's bringing him his frontier pie. <clears throat> <laughs> frontier, frontier pie, pie was just a trend of, of service industry jobs just going away <laughs> that's right it started with frontier pie and it's never gonna end unless we do something about this unless we fight terror that's the only way we can stop <laughs> we have to stay in afghanistan forever to bring back frontier pie really thanks don't. a lot bin laden <laughs> yeah well anyway so him just making this about being an asshole is so funny because like I th I'm fully in favor of people being <clears throat> assholes to other people, depending on the situation or why they're being an asshole. Uh, not really in favor of people being um, uh, sexually harassing a woman and uh, being incredibly racist to them. That's I think that goes a little bit beyond being an asshole to people. Yeah, you can be an asshole to your elected officials because they actually work for you, and especially if they're right. doing things that are bad for your community and also the people within it. Yeah, feel free to be an asshole to them. 
But if you're just doing this, this people as like a game and yelling like sexually split, exploitive things and also racist things at them, yeah, don't do that. Maybe maybe keep that one in the drafts folder, buddy. And, and even to the point of the games, like I would argue that you can even kind of be an asshole as a fan in the sense of like, yeah, like be loud, talk your shit. Like totally. that's that's one of the fun things make about fun of going players to when they miss make like yeah there's, yes there's tell, things you can do tell that's everyone fun. you know that dylan brooks plays with no honor <laughs> that's completely fine but there's like dude there's a fine line and like sexually harassing people and using racism like that should just be fucking common sense yeah, yeah. that's that's no good for anybody yeah heckling is great like there's that's Come what on. makes sports fun. Yes, and you can be loud, you can be annoying, but there is a very uh, a very clear line that people are pretending they don't know the difference uh, between the two. And, and, and yeah. to a certain extent, like every person on Twitter was right. There is a fan problem in the NBA as well. Yeah. Oh. I mean, oh, yes. oh, yeah, that certainly does not extend. Being an asshole does not extend to throwing stuff at players, spitting on players. Running onto the court. Yes, absolutely none of that. Like like all of those things. Like, yeah, there is a fan problem because at a certain point, a lot of fans think that they're actually there to be a part of the act as opposed to being an observer. Yep. Like, yeah. Comedy club rules, man. You were not a part of the act. And like, yeah, you can laugh and have fun a little bit. But at the same point, too, the moment you become center stage is the moment that you have stepped over a line. Yeah, I don't know it, what the deal is there. But like if it's COVID, I don't know if it made everyone crazy. I feel like we didn't have this many incidents in the years leading up to COVID. But it's like we get Russell Westbrook getting uh, he got the popcorn dumped on him. And then I can't remember. Trey Young got spit on. Trey Young, Young got, got spit yeah, on. And then who had the water bottle thrown? That was Kyrie. That was Kyrie. It's just, yeah, there's, like, people, like, assaulting players, which, uh, absolutely not. That's certainly, and that is beyond being an asshole, too. Like, I don't, that's certainly not but, just being an asshole. That's just, you're just being a uh, an assaulter at that point. Well, I understand the Kyrie one, because he uh, aggravated, assaulted that logo at center court in Boston, Jesus and uh, we don't know if it's going to recover. Um, <laughs> Listen, it's touch and go a, right now. He's an old man. It's day to day. That concussion he experienced. He took the joy out of Danny Ainge. Oh my god. He we'll looks see. like he looks like a withered junior soprano. He he looks like, <laughs> like a weird Celtic garb. It's the worst. I, I hate <laughs> that logo. Um but yeah, so what what's what's happened is that like I mean, there is the wider NBA problem for sure with like fans uh in many different stadiums being just going far beyond the line. But with here, our fans the, those offending fans, uh have been banned from the stadium. Um, and I, I can't remember if someone was going to mention this uh, later in this podcast, but one of the fans that was banned, like his justification, I'm not really sure what he, if his defense was saying that he's been around since the Carl Malone and John Stockton days and like as a season ticket holder. And that was, I think his defense to being racist. I have paid <laughs> thousands of dollars to say these slurs, yeah. sir. Yeah. When we go through a list of player experiences in Utah here, he's probably uh, he might be uh, repeating culprit for for a few of these because if he's, if he's really been around that long and he felt that comfortable saying it now, you really have to wonder what he's been saying over the years and how it took this long for someone like that to get banned. Because this, I mean, we're playing the Grizzlies, man. Like we're expected to beat this team. Like we were winning that game. Like I, like I don't understand why at that moment 
he was like, I feel incredibly comfortable. And that's just, that's the reflective of the jaw uh, was cooking. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just reflective of the environment that exists that allows yeah. him to feel that, that comfort and thought he could get away with that type of thing. It's insane. I mean, I think it's also just because like Utah people are pretty buttoned up for the most part. And then like the moment they they get to actually unleash anything as sporting events, which yeah. is why if you ever go to like a BYU football game or a BYU basketball game, Whew. they become unglued over everything, which yeah. is why they've like thrown stuff at referees, jumped yeah. out of the stands to fight a cheerleader, tried to fight Utah's football coach's wife. Oh, that's right. I don't know. Had signs at BYU Utah games that said Trail of Tears 2. That was a volleyball match. A vo- oh, that wasn't even football. That was volleyball? Yeah. Oh, my God. God. Yeah, there, there's just that things one. that just pop I up every now and then. Forgotten yeah. again. It, it has very strong, like, 21st birthday at the bar energy. Oh, man. One of my favorite things I like to do every now and then is, like, if BYU is playing a game and they're just getting trounced or something like that. Go to Cougar Board. That, too. <laughs> but just, like, take whatever player is just being them the most. And it's usually an African-American person. Yes. And then type in that number and then with thug next to it. And you will have just... Just start reading because it's uh, it's going to yep. be rough. Yeah. Uh, be weary of the word thug. It's, uh, it shows up in quite opportune moments. Um, yeah. So I, I'd like to see the NBA follow the example of, I mean, not entirely, but there are leagues across the world in other sports, um, soccer being one of them where they will just straight up ban teams from having fans in stadiums sometimes. And if that's what it takes, like then that's what it takes. Highly like NBA will never do that, unfortunately, but it's like, and that's, and that really comes down to like people in the stadium ruining it for everyone else. But that's sometimes what it takes to get people to just, yeah. fucking stop being well, racist yeah. like after they're... after what happened in game five in game two game five should not have fans right now yeah. like yeah like using like fifa rules like sorry you uh did racism you can't have fans yeah yeah and just to that point the you know because what keeps getting brought up with that as with the three guys of course is the bad apples defense but okay let's finish that sentence the bad apple spoils the bunch (laughs) so sorry guys and like when this is this is like it's not as if this is an isolated incident like at this point jazz fans are repeat offenders and like there is a full culture of this going back decades yeah like there's there's an you know there's an almanac that can be written on jazz and we are absolutely gonna get into that so yeah i think this there needs to be a bit of a of a fuck around and find out situation (laughs) And also, that's not just on like the Jazz too. The NBA should do something yes, about it too. Absolutely. Yeah, but don't hold your breath on that one, considering Adam Silver's best friend is Jared Kushner. So you know that would <laughs> make things awkward. Super awkward. Yeah, I, would it I help I, us all to know that Jared Kushner has read like thirty books on the Israel-Palestine conflict, though. Oh, good. <laughs> I feel I feel better. I'm surprised about he didn't solve that one before they left office. Yeah, <laughs> weird. <clears throat> I was really looking forward to that being solved by Jared Kushner. Going going back to fans and racism, though, I tweeted this out, and I 100% agree with it, and I want to bring it up on this podcast. I am pitching a fuck-around-and-find-out streaming service <laughs> where fans and professional athletes who they are beefing with fight. I, dude, I, I, I can't... I, 
so Carly was asking me like, so, so the day after this happened, I was, I was telling Carly about like, you know, things that were coming out. She's not on Twitter. So bless her heart. And I was Good like, for her. I know <laughs> I was like, yeah, like this is happening. This is happening. And, and then I was like, and it's, and then people started to bringing up the comparison between like, well, the things that have been happening in the NBA and like Ron Artest and the mouse at the palace. And I was like, I was like, yeah. And I, and she didn't, she hadn't like, really, she wasn't super familiar with it. So we rewatched the video and I was like, Man, Ron Artest <laughs> did nothing wrong here. I'm, I'm like Ron Artest innocent. I, the only yeah. thing Ron Artest did wrong is he hit the wrong fan. Yeah, that is the wrong thing he did. Like, but like when you're laying, he was like just completely chilled out, laying on the scorer's table after a fight that had started not by the Pacers but by Ben Wallace. Um, you know, and that happens in games, and that's fine. But then the fans decided they were going to get uh, involved through a beer, Ron Artest, and then. He, Stephen Jackson, and Jermaine O'Neal uh, did their thing. And Jermaine I, O'Neal was completely justified in almost killing Turtle from Entourage. <laughs> That's which right. he would have had he not slipped. Yeah, if he Dude. hadn't slipped, he would have taken his head clean off. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Straight up fatality style. Not only were these three guys fighting the fan or trying to fight the fans, they were also fighting the security who are hanging on them, and they were trying to throw punches while like grown men are hanging on their biceps. It was like, it's quite the scene. Yeah, every single like security guard at the palace of... Uh, was pretty much just Jeff Van Gundy in that one famous Knicks Heat fight. Yeah, like I don't like hanging on to a Lonzo Morning's leg. Yeah, and like the fan who threw the water bottle, like a guy I think got arrested on, probably charged with assault. But I'm like, instead of like an actual like fine or jail time or anything like that, they should just be have to go in a forced bo- boxing match with the player that they assaulted. Yes, and just like have to like, fight it out like that. I want nothing more than to watch like a fully raged Russell Westbrook box some guy from philadelphia who gets winded pushing a shopping cart <laughs> yes like a guy who can't it. make it from one aisle of wawa to the next can you imagine if like in his prime like charles barkley was given like the right to fight fans charles barkley threw a fan through a plate glass th- window through a window <laughs> yeah like Give him the right. Like, he yes. goes in the Delta Center in, like, 1994. He's just able to murder someone in there. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, give, like, just turn Steven Adams into the mountain. Yeah, honestly, like, your tickets come with, like, a, on a with a little waiver on the back, too. If you act like an asshole, you might just have your entire body <laughs> yeah. rearranged by a professional athlete. Or as my friend uh, Jason said, uh, the NBA is in for is doing some new new measures and jason said one player from each team gets to carry a gun but nobody knows who it is (laughs) yeah i love air marshal rules (laughs) marcus smart guns down seven people at boston gardens oh man yeah who on the jazz would be most likely to have a negligent discharge i want to say niang but niang seems like a sleeper pick for sure niang would like cheddar bob himself Dude, I don't. None of our guys seem like. I'm trying to think of who who would be like most likely to be friends with Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. Probably Donovan. Um, I, yeah, it might be Donovan. Who knows? Uh, but uh, yeah. Oh, ooh, I could I could see I could see Boyan actually being ooh. like. Uh, that man's seen some shit in his life. Yeah. Yeah, I don't you, know. He, he might actually be like the most skilled with a fire. Yeah. <laughs> he like lives through the like civil war. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. he lived through the balkanization of 
yeah, you and, don't, and the Yugoslavian uh, crisis. You, do, you don't live through the last 30 years in Croatia without like knowing like rudimentary firearm Ooh, skills. I think, yes. I think it's Boyan. <laughs> really in fact, you it. come out of the womb with a Ruger and a, and a Adidas right. sweatsuit. That's absolutely right. <laughs> wow. Well, anyway, so uh, <laughs> NBA is not going to do anything, but uh, God damn. I, I mean, they'll I'm, release some really nice press that's releases. Right. So we'll, they'll put hashtag don't be an asshole on the court. Yeah, it, that's <laughs> perfect. So, um, I mean, obviously we do have this type of reputation. We'll go through some of like the, the players who have talked about this. But I mean, to kind of recap something that we talked about in uh, episodes past last summer, when like Donovan Mitchell, for instance, was uh posting about black lives matter the jazz were posting about black lives matter as well um and donovan and it was just filled with just like the same bullshit comments but donovan said you click on them to see and it's not like they're bots they're people as people call them they're people who live not only here but in different places the same people that were saying racist stuff were the same ones that were coming to celebrate and cheer for the jazz and that's really where i was i'm not gonna lie to you pretty pissed off for the past two or three years i gave it my all and then you see that it's tough to see it as an african-american male uh so SLC Dunks uh Michael Loman is that how you say his first name Michael yeah Michael? I believe okay. so curated some of the comments under uh some of his posts and these are some of the comments that uh that were left on Donovan Mitchell's post Black Lives Matter is a corrupt organization that is doing more harm for the black community than good do a little research homie Oof. good one Thank you, Braxton from <laughs> yeah. Harriman. Thanks, homie, Braxton. Uh, yes, facts. Yes, facts. This BLM deal is destroying our great city, state, team, etc. What a shame. People like you are real jazz fans, are real Utahns. That's, really- that's the thing. And, you know, they talked about this on the last Chapo episode, but there is like a large swath of the population who believe that like every like semi-major city in America has been is somehow like is just in ruins because of Antifa. <laughs> I know. Like that is that is an actual belief that a lot of people in this country have. And it yeah, is I mean, that, insane. Yeah, because because the you know, especially here in Salt Lake, you know, it, it's this it's this liberal hellhole now. It has everything to do with you know the police being defunded, despite them getting more money in their budget last year. Yeah, it, I mean, it's just like what Burgess Elwin said on like Fox News one time too. He said something like. Murders have gone up in Salt Lake City like nine hundred percent because it of went from uh, nine de- to fifteen or whatever. Yeah, it literally went up from sixteen to twenty. Okay, cool. Yep, that's Sick. it. But you know, like just a hellscape. If you drive down downtown Salt Lake, you know, you might just get murdered. Who knows? Right. Exactly. I mean, if they want to uh, address problems that are happening in Salt Lake, maybe we should uh, figure out something for all of our thousands of homeless people here that we keep abandoning. But you know. Uh, it's fine. Uh, so continuing on, uh, let's see. Actually, we do, and you can have fun supporting your terrorist hate group, BLM. <laughs> Can't have an opinion? Isn't that oppressing his opinion? Come on, Donovan, grow a spine. I, I could care less who you are and what you've done. You are not who I thought you were. Hashtag America Matters. Hashtag B1. Uh, Don't use my words against me. He surely can, but all Donovan pushes is his agenda and the narrative of the Joe Biden fund. Er. Black Lives Matter, and then when someone opposes him, he shakes his head to shame people. 
That has to be the most racist comment I've ever seen, FYI. America is the greatest country in the world, and there's nothing wrong with our system. In fact, the system protects us. And just because one unarmed man gets killed by a terrible cop doesn't mean anything. 99% of the cops are great. 99%. Uh, that's re- that's reminiscent of the 99% COVID survival rate, which is not a great percentage when you're talking about, <laughs> like, lots the, and lots of people. Right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. It yeah, is. what was, yeah, what would that be if there are, yeah, there are 300 million people in America or something like that? Just, you know, 1% would mean 3 million people are dead? No, oh, that's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I don't like that percentage, but anyway, um, so that that continues. Ninety-nine uh, percent of the cops are great. Hashtag police lives matter. Hashtag human lives matter. Also, if BLM is a thing, why didn't they go crazy when the when African American cops were killed and unborn babies were slaughtered? Just all over the place here. Yeah, they're really playing all the hits. BLM is absolutely hypocritical terrorist capital T organization, and you can hear the facts at PragerU at Real Candace yes. Owens at yes, Rick Charlie go. Kirk seventeen seventy six. The Candace Owens tag is just, it's delightful. Well, actually, all lives matter under the eyes of God. Yes, way more people are killed than blacks. Referring to the uh, cops killing people, which, again, do you want cops to be killing people? I'm not quite sure. That's a pretty cucked mindset there, too. It's like, you know, we get killed at higher numbers by police, (laughs) but we don't complain. Yeah, Yeah. it's like, "Mm, okay, maybe you should. I'm disappointed with the jazz. I feel like you could have handled this a lot better. Um, no, that is not what religion says. Every single life matters always. It doesn't matter what race you are. I never said non-minorities matter. Everybody matters. That's uh, okay. not true of pretty much any religion ever. <laughs> uh, this is, I mean, this is this is nuts. How does saying all lives matter make it about myself? I'm not saying just my life matters and nobody else's. More white people are killed by cops than black people are. Again, with that. You classic. cock. If you really want to do something for black people, go to other countries where they actually are very oppressed and are still (laughs) sold as slaves. George Floyd was not a great guy. I don't think he should have died the way he did, but he was a criminal. I don't think people should be idolizing him so much. He held a pregnant woman up at gunpoint threatening to kill her. He has been in jail slash prison many other times as well. Deserved to die. That is the weirdest comment I've ever heard ever, too. It's like, listen, he... I don't... He was a criminal, so obviously it was okay for the cops to torture him to death. (sighs) It just, Man. yeah, like you just go through the thing. And I think that was on the Juneteenth post he had too, which is like he just had like free-ish. Yep. And yeah. people just lit, lost, yeah. lost their minds. Free-ish is what he said. And people, fucking hell. You know, for, for a state that's really not racist, they really sure do like lose their minds over anyone trying to exert their like think liberty at all. Uh, yeah. It seems like when black people seem to mention stuff that they uh, – I don't um, think it's just like black people. Well, it's, it's literally any not. group that's not like a straight white man. Right. Like, and as soon as as soon as any of those groups or black people get out of line with these posts, it's uh yeah. Shouldn't the jazz be apolitical? BLM is part of the Act Blue Fund that supports the same Democrats who've backed legislation over the years that has that have caused a lot of what you're saying is wrong. BLM is propaganda. American and all of its people are what matters. This shouldn't be about ethnicity or skin colors. So stop making the ever-growing chasms larger than they already are, supporting the propaganda. You're a smart guy. Do your homework. Hashtag we all matter. America matters. B1. <laughs> what? The B1 thing. I don't know what that is. I, th- I thought that was like a play on like that one thing that like uh, Melania Trump had, which like, actually I think that was just like be best. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's still very funny. Uh, yeah. So it it just goes on and on. And like there you, you see the same, same comments where it's like, um, 
you know, post that again next weekend with another dozen blacks are killed by other blacks in Chicago. That's a great one. Yeah, they so love to bring up Chicago. Like, oh my Jesus. Which is like, all right, what are you doing about Chicago yeah. then? Systematic racism is as fake as man made climate change. Cool. Lovely. Awesome guy. Love uh, him. I'm sure yeah. he's fun to talk to. Hope your house burns down, dickhead. Oh, this is good. More blacks have problems with cops than whites. It's behavior. I, in white, and I don't get a break. I'm yes, sir. No, sir. Thank you, sir. Arguing with cops is the problem. And if you did something wrong, that's your fault. Don't cry racism. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Like, like, just the most, like, these are the dumbest people on the planet. Like, absolute but this heads. is, it brings up a bigger problem that we see a lot in Utah. And, you know, we've talked about this on the pod and just in between us and, you know, on our Slack channel and stuff. It's like, Utah is Utah's a bubble. I know we joke about it a lot, but there's a lot of truth to it, and there's a reason the stereotype exists. And we have a real problem with insular communities, and that insularity breeds breeds ignorance and blinders. Like, how often can you like if you live in American Fork, you can go weeks without seeing anyone who looks any different than you, let alone thinks different from you. So a lot of what people are, are like, they don't have any sort of context when it comes to other cultures. So a lot of it is, A, it's guessing or whatever they can glean off TV or are dealing in stereotypes. And it, it, it goes back to that sign that we saw that, that went viral in during the George Floyd protest about the, uh, you know, Utah, welcome to the nicest racism you'll ever experience. And yeah. and the funny thing is, like, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, too, but, like, they don't realize that they have those blinders at all. Too. Right. Like, like, even, like, the people you talk about that, like, go on missions to, like, foreign countries or anything like that, they think that since they did that, despite the fact it's, like, a very artificial existence, like, you're stuck with a... You're stuck with a companion who's probably also from America too. Mm -hmm. You're you're stuck, not really allowed to engage with the culture at all because you're supposed to push your their, your culture on them. Yep. Like you're not supposed to like push yourself like head first into all of that. You're absolutely yeah, hundred percent. So, um, I think we talked about this when it happened. Uh, did we talk about the call call to the governor's Colin show? Yeah, the the. The scholarship program is racist right, because right, right. they don't give it to white people, which honestly probably <sighs> would fit the definition of what the legislature just passed because it favors one race over the others. Because, yeah. of course. Yeah. So just to recap, we had Dave from Highland saying, hi, Governor, the Utah Jazz is excluding white children from consideration from their scholarship program. Do you think this is racist? What will you do? <laughs> What will you do to prevent the Utah Jazz? Highland, which is probably one of the most affluent areas yeah. of Utah. And and the whitest. Yeah. And like, whitest. As white as it gets. I'm pretty sure uh, um, fucking Ryan Smith lives in Highland. Like, No, like, I'm sure he does. Yeah. yeah. An entire town brought to you by skim milk and mayonnaise. Do you think this is racist? What will you do to prevent the Utah Jazz from acting in this racist manner? Just, he asked the governor. Yeah, I'm not a fan of, fan of Spencer Cox, but that is such a when did you stop beating your wife question. I know. <laughs> I know. Is it racist? When will you make them stop being racist? Uh, yeah, so that was like just the worst. Like, I mean, that made made its rounds on right-wing media, and they were just like, listen to Republican Utah governor 
like kowtow to this racist organization, the Jazz, or whatever, for giving scholarships to minority kids from and, like disadvantaged backgrounds. And that was one of the parts where you started seeing this like ideological turn in the way that Spencer Cox acted too, because he felt like he lost Fox News. Yep. So all of a mm-hmm. sudden, he's doing these things like cutting unemployment early, or or like the mask mandate thing. Like the uh, he, he's there's this there's like these. Uh, it was the same thing with the trans bill, but there's these like conservative think tanks that like prepare legislation to be put through state houses everywhere. And they're just copy pasted. And a lot of them get struck down as unconstitutional. Like the trans bill did in Idaho, they're still going for it anyway. But like Spencer Cox has signed a lot of those into law just recently because he needed something to be like, look guys, I'm actually a Republican. I'm on your side. I just, you know, I have to give some uh, feed to the fucking sheep here every once in a while. But, like, I'm still on your team. But, like, it's that same fucking... It's 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 the shit with the masks. It's the unemployment thing. It's just the same pieces of legislation. Yeah, it's Alec yeah. and the Heritage Foundation, which is just yeah. trying to just take as many shots on goal as humanly possible, trying yep. to get a couple passed. And, yep, and they do. And they do, which yep. is, like, slowly going to make life horrible for anyone who's not, like, a straight white male in this yeah. country. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, I mean, as long they, as they they can get ahead of it, they can get, they can say that they did these things. Even if, if stuff gets struck down years later, they still got it through for the time being, and were able to cause some harm. So we were mentioning uh, before we were going to talk about some like other players' experiences uh, in Utah, and um, we're going to go through some of these uh, in particular because this isn't just like Ja Morant's family, or it wasn't just Russell Westbrook. But let's start with Russell. So. Um, a year before the incident with Shane Kessel, who's the guy who uh, recently tried to counter or he tried to sue the Jazz and Russell Westbrook for like defamation of million character dollars yeah. or something for a hundred million dollars. Yeah. And you just know he thought he was just going to get a settlement out of that, too. Yeah, and yeah. He didn't. The judge completely threw it out. So, like, no, get out of here. <clears throat> Hilarious. So before that incident even happened, there was a video of Russell Westbrook being called boy by Jazz fans. So yeah, but two two separate incidents of jazz fans just about a year apart. Yeah, just like a year apart from and the and the what that Shane Castle got in trouble was was yelling at Russell Westbrook, get down on your knees like you used to, which is <laughs> like what the fuck? That's I, puzzling, but also like I'm fairly certain it's still racist. Yeah, just whatever. It also he, yeah. really kind of blew my mind. It shouldn't have, but it did. The fallout of the whole Shane Kiesel, Russell Westbrook fiasco was how many people and how many jazz fans didn't understand that boy is a slur. Yes. Oh, like that. <laughs> that, And that's exactly what I mean about the ignorance and the insularity. Like you've yeah. never experienced anything outside of your little bubble. So like, yeah, you don't know that. Well, like, some of us didn't know what Jim Crow laws were until we were in our second year of law school. <laughs> year, so. Yeah, some of us are state senators who didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that's Todd. right. Uh, Eden Thomas, an 11-year NBA veteran. I can recall countless road trips looking around the arena in Salt Lake City being shocked by the faces of hate glaring back from the crowd. Every away building is a hostile environment with passionate fans rooting for the home team and sometimes crossing the line. But in Utah, it's different. There are, there are abundantly clear racial undertones to the heckling that seem to hover in the arena. Uh, 
Do you guys do you guys remember growing up watching those like Jazz Blazers series or those Jazz Sonic series? And it seemed like at least once or twice a quarter the announcers were talking about how loud and how raucous the arena was and how that was such a point of pride as a jazz fan growing up. And it seems like now that we've kind of peeled the layers back on this onion and you realize the content of said raucousness and loudness, yeah, it really has kind of put a pit in my stomach. Yeah. yeah. It's really made me pretty sick because you know that like it wasn't just fans being being wow. raucous it was incredibly vitriolic and yep. there was all sorts of i don't know if it was i can't say if it was blatant racism probably but there was definitely a tinge of racism yeah there. I, mean, I mean so kenny martin uh his his next quote he said there were some borderline things said in utah where they might as well have called me the n-word like when you call someone boy like that a black man boy like yeah. Or I can't tell you the amount of times I heard uh, references to that Denver Nuggets team with Mello and AI and, and Kenyon Martin, uh, how many times people called or how many times jazz fans called them thugs. Yeah. Which is, yeah, like Kenyon Martin said, that's just coded language for yeah. calling someone the N-word. Heck, I, I was looking through like the Deseret News archive yes. today too, and I found like sports writers calling them thugs, which yeah. is which yeah. is should be like that's not nice jordan was going through early 2000s des news articles and they were incredibly what's up rich evans yep rich evans in particular cool guy so uh he said but if i get close to them with the same energy they are going to play the victim there are things said everywhere everywhere else too i've heard things in boston utah's the worst fans think they can say whatever there's no solution for some fans fans think they're entitled to do whatever because they bought tickets i've been booed told you suck told you can't shoot but you can get called coon and asked if you want a banana and look into the stands and not know who said it. Fuck. Steven Jackson, 14-year NBA veteran, talked about the difference between playing at home compared to on the road during the series against the Jazz. Quote, well, we're not hearing racial slurs. We're not hearing people wishing for me to go to jail. That's the difference for me. I'm loved here in Oakland. That was something new. It shocked all of us, he said. We weren't expecting that. I mean, Jazz fans were trying to get into our heads any way they can, but I couldn't believe anybody would stoop that low. It's nonsense. Matt Barnes, 14-year NBA veteran. I said it before, Utah Jazz have some of the most racist fans in the NBA. Couldn't believe it. More N-words than probably they had black people in the whole city. So it was really a racial situation. And people say anything now because there's no consequences for it. Kevin Durant, I love playing in Utah. Just upset at how fans treated us behind our bench. We don't deserve that, but I'm moving on. Vernon Maxwell, you farm animals from Utah like to say, y'all living rent-free in my head. And it's true. Each time I played there for 13 year seasons, I was insulted, called racial slurs, got spat on, threatened my kids' lives. So yeah, rent-free. It's the worst place in the world to play at. Patrick McKnight, they're very reluctant to realize how bad it is out here. I'm not saying it's one of the most racist cities I've been in, but I'm saying that they push it to the side. They know it's there, and they know it's in the arena. They listen to it, but they don't do anything about it or stand up to anyone that partakes in these actions. It's just the culture, which is, quote, it's not affecting me, so it's not any of my business. Patrick yep. and I played basketball at the University of Utah. So, like, he even got that, like, kind of old-timey racist, which is usually just, like, donors to the Crimson Club who are, like, the major people who go to basketball games. It's every single person who sits in the north end zone. Yeah, it's the – yeah. I, I'm not going to say every single person, but the majority. I sit in the north end zone. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's just incredible. Like, you have this long history. And I don't think that all these guys are just making it up. Just like, oh, yeah, they called me racial slurs. Wink, wink. Like, no. Like, 
It's happened. Yeah. If, it's if, happened a lot. Yeah. It's just his word in 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 his word going back 30, 40 years. Yeah. If you have Deseret News like sports writers openly using thug in like the headline of articles, I can guarantee you that there's racial slurs being hurled because that's not being recorded in a paper for everyone to see 20 years later. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean it's 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 been going on for decades obviously and that our reputation is is the same thing um and uh oh yeah okay so jordan and i are going to finish off because greg's got to go watch the jazz game that's going on right now i love so, you all thank you for listening watch a jazz game too greg yeah but greg's got a, a podcast where he's professionally required to do so just make it up just say both teams played hard that's right <laughs> Paul, don't lie yeah so, uh, I mean, this reputation is obviously uh, is something that needs to be dealt with, and it's going to be something that's going to be needing to be dealt with more than just a scholarship program or words on the court or words from social media or just banning fans. Um, we've had so many episodes so far talking about this type of thing uh, that's happening currently, been so many talking about the past and the things that we just consistently ignore. And we have this like base of people here that are uh, mostly for in the state right wing um, and that just are galvanizing and racism and reveling and being assholes. We've had almost like 50 episodes and I think at least a good 10th of those is involving racism in the Utah jazz. Like how, like I don't think we need to be like, be doing like five episodes per year just based on like, uh, Someone said something racist to Donovan Mitchell again, but it was a lot of a lot of people. So hopefully he stays. Yep. No, it, it, it's just incredible how like Utah can never clean up its act on this, and they don't want to either. Right. Like a lot of it's just excusing it. Yeah, and a lot of this is timed so interestingly because we just had this like insane debate around the critical race theory and all that shit. Like. Um, talking about that that legislation that Spencer Cox is signing into into law, some of that stuff is like patterned after laws that other states have signed in, where they like don't want anyone to talk about anything quote controversial around race. Yeah. Uh, one of the big ones being CRT. Yeah, which is like Tennessee, Idaho, uh, I think Georgia just did it too. And there's like 20 states that are trying to do it too. And the whole purpose of it too is just to like make sure that nothing controversial outside of George Washington cut yep. down a cherry tree and then just crushed Hitler. Yeah. And like, that's all American history is like we're star spangled. Awesome. Nothing bad ever happens. Also, please don't try and uh, question the racial hierarchy we have in this country, <laughs> yep. which by the way, doesn't exist. Please stop asking questions. Yep. It's completely fake. It's completely fake, which is why we had a special session based solely on passing a resolution saying it was bad despite the fact that yeah. none of the legislatures could define what it was and pulled all yeah pulled all of them into that special session just for that but as you mentioned like literally none of them just like the uh the trans exclusionary bill they don't understand anything around that other than just what they're you know that copy paste legislation from the conservative think tanks it makes me feel uncomfortable one of the yeah one of the sponsors of crt as we mentioned in that episode the states or the senate state senate sponsor like literally had no idea what it was but he was sponsoring a bill because you know just knows that it, it's making people upset because they also don't understand it so we have this whole dynamic where we can't even talk about 
you know, we have our we have our governor saying that he also supports the ban of CRT being taught in any school in Utah, but then is also like feigning concern over like the racism here and pretending like it's just only, you know, an intrapersonal thing with individuals rather than, you know, uh, manifestations of, of, you know, systems that were built here and remain in large part and have morphed over the years. <laughs> so really great stuff there. Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, honestly, as we know, like it's completely nothing new and it's been a part of, um, of Utah culture for all of our lives and like all of our grandparents' lives, all of our great grandparents' lives. Right. Always referred to like places like, or heard people refer to places like Rose Park, Magna, Glendale, West Valley as ghetto. Um, because yeah. they're mainly largely Latino and Hispanic communities. Yeah, like just think about that. I heard that like I grew up in Utah County. Like I went to high school in Orem and all that. Like the amount of times I heard that referred to, like not even like not even like bad places, just places yeah. where they like perceive like Hispanics were as just yep. being ghetto. Like it makes you sick to think about. It. It's like wow. Yeah, yeah. It's. It's it's really tough to think about all those like little things that have just been like kind of absorbed over the years into my brain. And I think that's the problem about it too, is like it's the casual nature of it too. It, yeah. Like for some reason nowadays we think that racism or like at least Republicans and conservatives think of racism as you have to be either wearing a red armband with a swastika on it or actually be wearing like a full like Ku Klux Klan regalia yeah. do actually be racist or like be caught like yelling the N word a bunch of times. Yep. But that's not it. Like it's, it's much more, uh, it's much more casual. It's like, it's just little yeah. things like that. But like yeah. we said, like calling things ghetto or calling or calling like athletes thugs. Yeah. So much of it is so internalized. And then like, as Greg was talking about, like it comes out in these moments and that you have mentioned too, like we have such a polite brand of racism in this state that like it takes a sporting event where like politeness has kind of gone out the window when it is in most cases for normal functioning human beings that aren't racist is fine. But when these people have all these internalized racism and then they're in this moment where they're so heated, they're just like, I'm just saying insanely racist shit that is so like <laughs> damaging and offensive to those at the other end of it. And I like might not think anything of it. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's absurd. Um, but yeah, so, and just, just yesterday I was driving through St. George and like, they're, they're still in the midst of the battle of renaming Dixie state university. And like, I don't know if they even know why, what the name Dixie means or anything like that. But um, there's this billboard I saw that was like, uh, cancel culture don't let cancel culture ruins utah's dixie or something like that um as if that's like the biggest concern they're dealing with down there and it's it's yeah it, and there's so many people down in st george that fly confederate flags and it's just yeah i've seen it's more confederate shit. flags in utah than i did when i lived in north carolina probably which fine. was a part of the confederacy <laughs> probably fine yeah sure that's a that's a great sign for everyone isn't it i mean yeah. also like i mean think about like blue lives matter flags Dude. like what is the what what, is, what are you saying like literally what are you saying with that like, like they didn't pop up until like black lives matter became literally in response to BLM. yeah until it became prominent in the social yeah. zeitgeist and then yeah. after that you have these this icon that is in reaction to that 
Like, yeah. what are you saying with that? Are you saying you actually love the police? <laughs> if you get pulled over, does your love just come out there too? Do you kiss the officer? Yeah, exactly. And just talk about how much you respect them. Is that really what's happening? Yeah, it's totally what's something, happening. Yeah, something tells me it's not that. Um, you should talk briefly about uh, the Des News today with Cindy Davis. <sighs> okay, so Cindy Davis, who is sits on the state school board, wrote this op-ed for the Deseret News today that pretty much just talks about, like, actually it like critical race theory do the words critical race theory stand in the way of equality which first of all that's an insane thing to think about because i don't think those words actually like convey anything other than like a viewpoint of history and the whole thing she just talks about too and it just like she talks about like well actually um saying things like white privilege is offensive to white people because they get really offended by that dude. Like essentially is like, like saying that saying white privilege is a slur against white people, which it's not, it's more or less just like acknowledging reality, but to like a person who is like an associate professor at UVU and has probably never left Orem in her life. Like I'm sure that's probably that's a valid viewpoint to her because she's never had to deal with that too. Because Utah County, like Orem especially is like one of the least diverse cities in America. Like it's in the top five. (laughs) So of course she thinks things like that too, because like despite the fact that she's an elected official, despite the fact that she's a professor of education at UVU, she has no way of taking those blinders off because she's never been confronted with like critical race theory as, as it like stands. Yeah. And that would brings me back up like to Spencer Cox and all that too. Yep. They all love to say the same thing too. It's like, we don't want to whitewash history. We don't want to take anything away from history. We want to be truthful. We just, we're going to ask hard questions. We just don't think that critical race theory is the way to do that. It's literally just because it's been, it's a buzzword that's just been created by like right-wing media when that's literally all that that is, is asking like those questions of history and evaluating the present based on the systems that have been built in the past. And, and what they're doing is they're making like definitions for like critical race theory so broad and so bland that every school district in the state is just going to go like, you know what? It's not worth it. Don't fight it. We don't want to get in trouble with the state. And and that's the and that's the whole thing. It's nothing to do with it's nothing to do with like actually like having like distinct definition of critical race theory. It's just to make it so difficult to actually do to actually have yeah. like decent conversations about. Yep. Like you want to have hard questions. All right, fine. Why do you have to define that? Yeah, it, it's again, they think that like if this is taught then their kids are going to be like shunned forever if they're white like i I, it's really baffling they really think that their white children are gonna be go put in cotton fields and like forced to work all day yeah yeah so like that brings us to our next person we want to talk about briefly burgess owens and how he fits into this like when when this first started coming out with the john morantz uh like with what happened with john morantz there was obviously a lot of discussion on twitter among like media folk in Utah, like what they were reporting out, what, what had happened and everything. And then you saw some people being like, you know, I think a great person to have, you know, talk about this would be Burgess Owens. How can we be a racist state? We elected Burgess Owens. Yes. Which first off is a great sort of cop out because yeah. like the only reason you can actually like say that is because like Burgess Owens. And the, the thing I have against Burgess Owens is 
the conservatives love him not because like he like gives his perspective as a black person but because he gives his perspective as a black person they agree with he gives the perspective of a white person through a black person and like i get that he grew up he grew up in at a time like through the jim crow era which is so fascinating to me that he has become someone who is so adamant that like racism ended after those laws were 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 like uh, abolished or something whatever instead of realizing that you know things have changed and that racism um is different than it was then because it has to adapt in order for it to exist it can't be as blatant as it once was like jim crow was less blatant than slavery um that doesn't mean it wasn't racist but and just like for, for someone like burgess especially um to talk about like how you know racism is like in someone with his experience in particular uh like today the ap had put out a story that says the nfl will halt its use of race norming which assumed black players started out with lower cognitive functioning in a one billion dollar settlement of brain injury claims the practice had made it harder for black players to qualify it's like the way that racism permeates through society it will never be as explicit as it once was and it has of course, ways of making itself exist longer and like pretending like it's not a thing um, like Burgess Owens does and using his experience, you know, having grown up in the Jim Crow era, using that as his experience as a way to invalidate any racism that's taking place now is insane. And like for him to go and say, like he did the classic Republican border visit where he says, yeah, there are a ton of people down here that are coming to invade your suburbs, like all these crazy you know rapist drug dealer mexicans and people from south america and latin america are all coming to invade your suburbs they're moving in like that's some racist ass garbage from burgess owens it's replacement theory (laughs) yeah it's literally literally nazi replacement theory it's the exact same shit like i like so for him to be for people to think that like oh well we maybe we should just hear burgess owens out on this we already know what he's gonna say he says the same shit every like he said with his debate with ben adams that i suffered through back whenever ben mcadams uh and then like every time he goes on fox news he says the exact same shit and he's just this filtered through the exact same spigot that all the other talking points come from the critical race theory all that shit he went on newsmax to say that like with critical race theory not only should we stop it we need to track down anyone who believes in it, fire them and remove them from society. Like, like he's just going beyond like, and this is a person who says like also really loves to talk about cancel culture and all that too. But apparently like cancel culture doesn't apply to like a new red scare around like teaching history from like a black perspective, as opposed to like our like yep. Anglo centric one. Yep. <laughs> it's just, insane. It's, it's amazing. I'm, but we've said it plenty of times on here anyway too like burgess owens is just a way for like republicans to like launder white supremacy through like the most empty form of identity politics yeah and like when burgess was like you know last summer talking about how of course when the nba was doing a bunch of black lives matter stuff and and like the blm organization like whatever feel whatever way you want about them i guess but he's talking about how they're like some marxist communist like mounting an insurgent camp insurgent campaign through the joe biden campaign or something like that yeah that sounds about right and talking about how like awful all these marxist sports leagues are for you know putting black lives matter on their court during a game and then we and then we have andy larson just reporting out like what quinn uh quinn uh fucking Snyder. snyder god my mind broke <laughs> quinn snyder donating to his campaign and like the shit that he got for just simply 
saying that from a bunch of very concerned white folk in Utah who were just talking about how racist Andy was for reporting it because he was trying to get Quinn fired, supposedly, because Burgess wasn't falling in line or whatever the, the line was. It's just it's just insane. Yeah, it's kind of amazing how the one congressman who was the primary sponsor for the anti-critical race theory bill in Congress was Burgess Owens. It's weird how like he was the one to be the forefront of that for the Republican Party. Yep. 100%. It's yeah, it's just incredible. Like we we live in hell. <laughs> we really do. Um yeah, and yeah, like the the main goal really is to just avoid as as much discussion on this stuff as as we possibly can. It, it's to maintain the racial pecking order of America. Yep. Because the biggest fear of most conservatives, especially nowadays too, in the age of like Donald Trump, where everyone is afraid like their like their uh, standing in life is going to be removed by by like migrant farmers from Mexico, is that they're going to lose is that they're going to lose their standing or they're going to be equals to the people that they think that they, they look down on. Like look at all the comments that people made about like the riots in the summer too. Mm-hmm. Like there is a lot of like racially charged language about that one too, about anyone trying to exert their own liberation. Like, poof. Yep. Once again, we live in hell. We really do. Yep. So, and on that note, uh, please everyone welcome Danny Ainge to the Utah Jazz <laughs> as our newest uh, Jerry West type figure. I think is probably what's going to end up happening. Yeah, if Jerry West, like I don't know, just never accomplished anything as an executive in the NBA. At least Jerry West got some rings that didn't involve like getting his buddy to give up like the biggest asset in NBA history for nothing. Shout out to the Celtics for passing along Danny Ainge to us. That's I, unless like somehow Kevin McHale can somehow get like a like a front office role somewhere and like get us a like if Kevin McHale can somehow get on like the Brooklyn Nets front office and give us like Kevin Durant for nothing, like I don't think we're gonna have the same amount of success that uh, that uh, he had in Boston. Yep. Maybe we can hope. Maybe we can hope. And that's the best we can do at this point. Is maybe we can hope. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I think that's a good place for us to end it. Uh, I'll say goodbye on Greg's behalf, but also goodbye from me. Jordan, do you have any parting words? Um, Yeah, we're about to launch Patreon, as a matter of fact. Oh, damn. So um, we're going to have three tiers, $1, $3, $5. Please help me pay for all my licenses for things, I beg you. Um, $1 is going to get you early access to all of our uh, weekly free episodes. You know, just... You don't want to give us that much money. We understand. Three dollars is going to get you a monthly episode, and five dollars is going to get you a bonus weekly episode, and maybe some other th- stuff we think of. I don't know. It's in its infancy. We're trying to figure out somehow to profit off of, of us talking like this. What he's trying to say is big things coming. Big things coming. Harden our dust. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Uh, we'll catch you all next week. Bye. Bye.
I'm gonna 